0: On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, a shortened version of the Scott Radley Show podcast, Don Robertson joins me, and we are chatting about what is happening with Houston and China. If you don't know about this story about the Houston Rockets general manager in Hong Kong and China, stick around. It's a fascinating discussion about what a sports league should do when one of its members says what most people say is right, but gets somebody else, as in, China really upset. Stick around, lots coming up.
1: Today on the Scott Bradley Show on 900 CHML.
0: Don Robertson joins me in studio now. Don, how are you tonight? I'm good, Scott. Uh, Most people, by the way, just so people don't necessarily all know who you are, because you're usually on at 7 o'clock, and you know, we have. I'm the same guy at 6. Well, sometimes. Uh, Don is the guy who runs the Dundas Real McCoys. He runs Calm Choice Realty in Dundas, does a bunch of other things. Uh, he's on here usually to talk sports. But you know what? I want to take a couple of minutes because you have been involved in enough politics and in helping with enough political elections and candidates and all the rest. And i we were just talking before we came in from the break. I was looking at a website today that breaks down all the polls, all the ridings across this country. And, you know, it's interesting. They have Andrew Shear ahead right now, overall across the country in what in America you would call the popular vote. And yet when you look at where the vote is going, this is why I've said for a number of weeks now that I don't see Andrew Scheer winning this election. And the reason is he's going to win 70%. He's going to get 70% of the votes in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta into bleeding into B.C., But he needs to spread that out because he's not getting those votes. Right now it looks like every single riding in Toronto is leaning liberal. Every single one.
2: What Churchill say, uh, uh, democracy isn't the perfect way to decide how to run a country, but it's better than all the rest of them. That's true. Hillary Clinton got more votes than Donald Trump. Um, Andrew Scheer in places in Alberta, his candidates will get 95%. Maybe, yep. Like ninety percent. Yep. The problem is, if you lose a handful in Toronto by a thousand, you lose the seat. Yep. Doesn't matter that you and got ninety-five percent in those ridings. No, in Alberta. you can't move them around the way you. You can't allot them in places where you want to. So it will be interesting. I have campaigned and and um, um, supported both major parties, and uh, I find this election rather intriguing. I
0: don't think truly tonight, and here's the interesting part: is that a lot of people are positioning this tonight that this is between, this is a debate between Andrew Sheer and Justin Trudeau, and I really don't believe that's the case because I think that Andrew Sheer is getting the votes that Andrew Sheer is getting, and they're primarily locked in right now. Andrew Sheer is hoping he just doesn't do anything stupid tonight, doesn't give it away, but he is hoping the Jugmeet Singh has a remarkable debate. Because he needs Jugmeet Singh to steal a few of those Toronto ridings away from Trudeau, and a few of those Quebec ridings, and a few of those Atlantic ridings, and then maybe you can be the guy who slips through the middle. And the
2: interesting thing is, uh, three, um, uh, Elizabeth May, Elizabeth May, will be going after Singh because that's the only her best chance to siphon votes off. So it'll be interesting, and they'll probably both go after Sheer a little bit. Um, and probably leave Trudeau alo- alone a bit more because his ideologies and the liberals' ideologies are more in tune with the Green and the NDP. The interesting thing would be is if Sheer did win the minority government, how difficult is it going to be to get the Green and the NDP to work with Impossible. him on, on a lot of the issues he wants? Impossible. If Trudeau gets a minority government, he may be able to operate almost as if he's got a majority government. Except he will be having to veer even further left than he has already.
0: And if, and here, here is the scary part. And I was reading a piece from the Edmonton Journal of Calgary Herald the other day. And when I say the scary part, I think it's scary if you believe in Canada. And the reason is because the person pointed out that if Trudeau wins a minority government and the liberals decide they really want to hang on to power, that's the end of the pipeline. There's no way that you can force a pipeline through if you want the NDP and the Greens to prop you up and prop up your minority government. And if you kill the pipeline, you fire up Western alienation to a point that we haven't seen before. You really do. I mean, they're already livid. You make, and now you can be talking, li- and I'm, I, I, I feel like I sound like a conspiracy theorist, or something, but I don't believe I am. You will see the Western separatist movement
2: Get legs. I th- I think you underestimate the political maneuvering that's available to any prime minister that's in there. Um, certainly, they are not in favor of um, the pipeline. But if Trudeau gives them a couple things that they really want, and they hold their nose and support it, you might see it. You don't know what he would offer up for that support. But the things Does it make be, it right? I didn't we're not talking about it makes it right or not, but what does the West want? Politics makes for strange bedfellows. The West wants their economy to pick up, which is the oil industry. Yes. And, and
0: so do we. And the farming and the agriculture and the beef industry, which also the many of the parties want to get rid of the um, supply management. Yes. And they also say that cows And cow farts change the environment and getting rid of meat is the fastest way to save the environment. So everything that the West wants, the left-wing parties are against right now. And if Trudeau wants to be propped up, you are going to have to acquiesce to them, which is why I really believe that if this is a minority government that has to be propped up, you will see Western alienation Catch fire over, the, and especially when they look at the electoral map and see the entire
2: election decided by one little blip around Toronto. This won't surprise you. I'm not a scientist, and I don't uh, dig deep into a lot and drill down into a lot of scientific evidence. But when you start talking about cows creating um, um, climate Global change, I yeah. suggest to you that since the uh, since the population explosion in North America, there was a lot more buffalo and moose wandering around that were Full of air, like what we're going to hear from after seven o'clock. It's true.
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Uh, Don Robertson in the studio. Uh, normally here at seven o'clock, as we said a while ago, but because the debate, the leadership debate, is coming up here, I brought him in early today. And Don, this is a fa- this story to me is. Absolutely fascinating because it speaks to so much of the modern world of sports and political correctness and everything else. I don't know if you heard this. The Houston Rockets general manager, basketball general manager, basketball team, sent out a tweet. They Houston was playing or has some stuff, deals with China. They play over in China some exhibition games. And he sent out a tweet supporting the freedom fighters, I thought you that call to call them? Those battling, those pushing for freedom in Hong Kong. Kong yeah. And the folks who run China did not take any way too kindly to this because they don't want Hong Kong to get what they want. And now the NBA is under the gun because China, which you know, they're trying, the NBA is trying to make inroads. Suddenly, China's mad at the NBA now, and this this is a rem- this is a remarkable change in how sports is done that that one comment from one person, is worth potentially billions of dollars.
2: Didn't Houston have a player from China?
0: Yao Ming. So that would. Who, by the way, I saw him in person one time, largest human being probably ever birthed. <laughs> he was, when we were, I was down. 43 in, pounds when he was born. Oh man, I was down in Houston with the Hamilton Bulldogs when they're in the playoffs against the Houston arrows one year. And I was doing an interview in the hallway and Yao Ming, the Houston Rockets dressing room was right next door and he walked out to do some training. And we both, me and the player, whoever I was talking to, stopped and just stared at this guy. And the, sh- the player at- shook his hand, and you couldn't see the player's hand. <laughs> well, the, the the door the doorways. And, oh, he had done the showers. Seven foot seven and a half, I think, was his. No, but they have
2: their own. Like they have different the uh, the doorways on the Raptors aren't the same as the studio here. Well, if they are, they have a lot of concussions. They bang their head a lot. But
0: back to this yeah, one, it's, this is this is just the a, NBA, I think,
2: have apologized.
0: Well, no, they didn't. They, they've sort of tried to tread around it and I think try and come up with some explanation without really apologizing because do you want to apologize for a comment? That, I mean, if you're living in the States, do you want to apologize for a general manager saying we want people to have the right to live freely and have
2: democracy? So why are the NBA mad? Because of millions of dollars. Billions. 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 Right. billions of dollars. Potentially. And you know where I always go with this. If you're wondering why somebody's doing something, take a look at the money. And the money they can leave on the table if, they don't, if this is, doesn't go well. And I don't know how you fix that. Well, you've got two choices. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. You have two choices now if you're the
0: NBA. You either backtrack and say, we are sorry for this which basically is saying, China, you can do whatever the heck you want to your people, and we just want your money. We don't care what you do, human rights, whatever. Just give us your money. Or you can stand by this guy because you say, we believe in what he says, even if it's going to cost
2: us billions of dollars. What do you do? Well, if you go against, um, I mean... It opens Pandora's box to a certain extent because then you're going to have the President of the United States start chirping in. Like, he'll have an opinion on all this, too. Is he going to back China? Is he going to back Hong Kong? Like, where is he going to go with it? I mean, it could be be turned into a pretty messy thing in short order. Um, And for the NBA to do the right thing, they will have to come up with their own definition of the right thing to do.
0: Well, are they not stuck in the position now where you really have to choose between money or values. Yeah. I I don't see what the third option is.
2: No, I, I agree. They'll choose money. I, I, so far they
0: haven't, so far they have not apologized because they're, you know, they're saying we didn't mean to
2: offend and blah, blah, blah. And we're trying to dig their way out of this. And the GM's trying to dig, I saw it on Twitter, that GM is trying to dig his way out. But he didn't, did he, did he do anything wrong? Well whether he did or not he certainly he's been scolded <laughs> for getting into the why why I'm sure somebody has said to him why do you need to weigh into this which is the real question why is he getting into it on Twitter he's not out having a beer and chicken wings with you and I right this is on Twitter he's he'll have thousands of followers I wonder if and maybe you know look I don't want to underestimate
0: the guy I wonder if he realized the crap storm that he was about no, to I'm unleash. No, I'm sure he
2: didn't. Why, well, he, clearly he didn't or he wouldn't have said it. Well, I don't know. Who knows? But I, I Maybe I, I, his values are that high and he says, this may not jive well with the NBA and everything else, but this is what I believe in, this is what I think, and this is what I'm going to say.
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Talking about this story about the Houston Rockets general manager, I don't know if you've heard this story before. Uh, it's sort of blown up today the general manager of the Houston Rockets basketball team sent out a tweet. They, Houston and the NBA both have business dealings with China. He sent out a tweet supporting those in Hong Kong who are fighting for their freedom and fighting for democracy and the folks who run China, who generally don't take kindly to criticism, it seems, have exploded and now the NBA and its commissioner are flailing trying to figure out how do we... Resolve this issue without forcing our guy to apologize for having a point of view, without saying we're not in favor of democracy, yet to preserve the billions of dollars of investment that are potential there. And Don, just before the break, we were saying like when they had the the thing in St. Louis, the hands up, don't shoot, or when they had the Trayvon Martin situation with the kid that was uh, shot by George whatever his name was and the nba players were encouraged and able to express themselves so you don't want to take away people in the nba's right to have an opinion whether it's the popular opinion or not you don't want to tell people you can't speak your mind we 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 and they live in a country where free speech is important
2: theoretically this might be where the term dilemma started <laughs> yeah. conundrum conundrum yeah I can't spell either one. Um, It would be, it'll be interesting to see how they get out of it. You're absolutely right. If you want your athletes and your teams to have free free speech, because that's the way it should be, you can't have free speech where you want. But assuredly, the NBA's spin doctors have been in overtime mode trying to figure out how do we get out of this? And it's not like politics where you can bring something else up bizarre so it goes away. Like uh, their president is doing everything he can to have people stop talking about impeachment. So he can do that. I don't know what the NBA's game plan can be to change the talking points. Well, you give Out something of China. to China, which, which would be troubling. Well, what are you going to give them? Then you're buying them off. Exactly. It's all about the money again. Exactly,
0: but you you know you may be able to say, look, we can't apologize for this, but here we'll bring games to you, and the money will go to the government.
2: Is that any better? Or or they change the deal for every NBA jersey, or I don't think they call them jerseys over there. The shirts, the shirts that are sold in China. Here's the cut we want, or you don't sell them. We're now running the show. It. I mean, China have hold all the cards in this because Pretty if, much. if they want to throw the NBA of China they go they're gone. And
0: it's a billion give or take a billion people. That's a huge that's an enormous market yeah. that the NBA is desperate to get into and has been working really hard to get into.
2: Well, that's why they have exhibition games and they, maybe even league games last year. I mean, they you know these uh, these major league sports teams are moving their league games of significance around. Major League Baseball this year, like they're you know the NHL. I mean, they're it. I wouldn't be surprised that they don't want a couple franchises in China. So, if you are the NBA, if you were Adam Silver,
0: who's the gen, the commissioner of the NBA, are you on the phone today to Houston's general manager Daryl Morey? Are you on the phone to him saying, "What the crap are you doing"? Or are you sitting in your office going, "Look, I may not be thrilled with what's happened." But how can I criticize a guy for having a point of view that is in favor of
2: democracy? Which, wh- what are you doing if you're Adam Silver today? Well, first of all, Adam Silver isn't phoning the jam, He's phoning the owner of, of Houston. Okay, either way. But the chain of command will be, what's you know, we want him to be able to say whatever he wants. You tell him what he can't say. <laughs> right? Like you can say whatever you want. Yep. Like you're, I mean, you host uh, your wonderful radio show. Most popular radio show in this time slot in the city, at least the ones on CHML. <laughs> in this room, <laughs> um, but if you, if, if I mean, if you do that, you can bring up the topics you want, but you are limited to what you can say. Is this a, Do you think this could be a firing offense? I think they, I think they hang themselves if they fire. If they fire him for what he said and his right to say it, it they may as well move the league to China. Because now they want to control everything. That this is the,
0: the leagues and I, it's not just the NBA leagues big leagues want to
2: control all the message. They want to have full control over what comes out. They want to say you can say whatever you want as long as you don't step out of this box. You can say anything you right? want as long as we approve it. Do you think the other major sports the other three major sports in North America aren't having conversations going we can't let this we can't do this. We, you know you got to There'll be a bulletin going out to GMs and coaches and everything else. Boys, look at the trouble you get in. You can say what you want at your Thanksgiving dinner. You can't say it on Twitter all the time. There's no value. What value is there in the general manager from Houston's position on Hong Kong? What value is there in that? That's not his job. That's not his job. That said, would you say the same thing to a
0: player in the league? Let's say LeBron James had tweeted this out. Would you say to LeBron James, don't do this? Because I think what would happen is the players would immediately say, no, he's got every right to say what he wants
2: to say. See, that's when you go back to saying, we respect your right to say it. You can say whatever you want. We don't condone everything you say because you're an NBA player. I the problem is the NBA should probably condone what he said. The, well, the biggest issue to me here is that
0: tr- – I understand the NBA wants the money that comes from tapping into a billion dollar market. That's an economic juggernaut. At the same time though, you know, I, I, I was so critical of the IOC when they went to Beijing and they said, you know, we're going to, we're going to change everything for the better for these people. You know, China is going to be so much better for us having been here. And there's no difference. And they rounded up homeless people off the street and they moved them away. They did all kinds of stuff to violate human rights. And the IOC looked the other way. To me, we got to go to break. To me, you know what? The NBA, I don't expect this because, again, the money is the money. But I would love it if they would say, look, we agree with him. We believe Hong Kong should be free and have a democracy. And if you can't deal with that, I'm sorry our business here is done. Will that happen? You expect the NBA? No, oh, no. I thought <laughs> no. You said you. Expect I said. Them to do I said it. I would hope. I would love it if that was the case. Do I expect that? Not in a million years. Wow. Not in if it was. If we're talking about Eastern Guam, yes. Mm-hmm. We're talking about China. Slightly different. Maybe even PEI. Maybe PEI. Maybe only the eastern
1: edge, though. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Let me ask you this, Don. You watched the Leaf game on the weekend. I did most of it. I watched a big chunk of the Leaf game on the weekend with the Montreal Canadiens. Very exciting game. A lot of fun to watch. Leaf fans didn't love the ending, but nonetheless, I am rooting for the Leafs to win this year. Not necessarily because I'm a diehard Leaf fan, but because I desperately want that style of hockey to be imitated. Every every team that wins, people imitate it. I want that style of hockey to be mimicked around the league rather than the team that goes on to win the Stanley Cup by grinding everybody through the neutral zone and winning games 2-1. to I just don't know if there's any chance that's going to
2: happen. Mike Babcock wants that too. Um, That's not how the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup last year. No, no. They're big, tough, grinding glutes. They... They're big and strong. They were able to withstand winning 16 games in the toughest professional tournament there is to win a championship in. And I was traveling. Uh, we were heading back to Georgetown, so I didn't hear Don Cherry, but I did hear he said, the Leafs can't win the Stanley Cup because they're not tough enough. Did
0: he say that? I didn't, I
2: didn't see him. Okay. That's, that's what I was told he said. and I, But it's not even toughness that I'm thinking about. You is don't it? have to be big and strong and mean. You don't have to have four Stan Jonathans on your team anymore. But you need what they don't have. That's a throwback name. In, in my estimation <laughs> is, oh, you want a Stanley Cup or yep. Alan Cup and Brantford with me. Um, you don't have to be tough, but you got to have some mean guys. Like, Cadre was tough to play against. You never knew what he was going to do. Crossed the line a couple times. May have cost him him the Boston series. He's that good. And so you need a guy that plays on the edge like that, just not quite. And they didn't have much, and now they got less. But I'm not even sure it's – well, maybe I'm wrong.
0: I'm not even sure it's toughness. It's the fact that you've got a team that wants to play like the 1980s Edmonton Oilers and doesn't seem capable of – or doesn't seem to want to lock it down when they get a lead. Like there there are teams that could go into a defensive shell and just clog up the middle once you're up 4 to 1 and say, "Okay, we're going to ride out the last half of this game." The Leafs want to keep pouring it on and keep being creative and keep scoring. And look, live by the sword, die by the and sword. And who doesn't love watching that kind of hockey? That game was fantastic because of that. That was to me, whether the Leafs won or lost, if you're a Leaf fan, even though they lost, you would much rather watch that style of game. Than a 1990s New Jersey Devil Jacques Lemaire game where they do the neutral zone trap and win one nothing and
2: give up 20 shots from outside the blue line. I agree. I agree that the. I mean, I, I'm a proponent of the tough stuff in hockey. I I think it was a big part of the game. It's gone. The wide open style is here. It's very entertaining. It's a lot of fun to watch. You might get six five games, but people don't. Um, if you're not going to go and watch uh, uh, Ty Domi fight all the time or have a chance of watching him fight, you better score some goals because you can't not entertain them, and nobody wants to buy a 2-1 game. So you're right. It's wide open. It's freewheeling. It, it is entertaining. If you're a student of the game, you kind of shake your head, and you're right. But the, the one thing the Leafs are going to have to do, you can't be blowing 4-1 leads in the third period in your own rink. But that happens
0: that won't happen all the time, but it happens because you continue to play the style that you believe in, which is the freewheeling. Let's let her go, and if you don't add another goal or two, and the other team gets back in it, then that's going to happen. But I would again much rather watch that. I'll ra- I'd rather watch, not not to the point of being stupid. I was gonna say I'd rather watch a nine-seven game. I mean, there does get to a point when it gets a little bit stupid, I suppose,
2: but. Boy. Well, the Oilers, the, the team you referenced, the Oilers did it all the time. And uh, I had a conversation with a guy a couple of weeks ago. He says, you know, those Oilers teams, they all they did is fly. They had coffee, and they had Gretzky, and...
0: Uh, uh, Curry, and Anderson, and Tikkanen, and Lindsman. I mean, you could just go down the list, coffee and...
2: So I went down the other side of the list. I said they had Semenko, yep. Mc- McSorley. Yep. Do you want to talk? I mean, they had a combination of freewheelers, but they were as tough as nails. But the Leafs, okay. So is that is that
0: missing? Like I didn't see anything in the Montreal game that suggested that a tough guy
2: was going to change the outcome of that. You don't need to talk, I, that, that was, but uh, not even but that era is gone, Scott. I no, we we agree on that. There, you, there, there's no room. There's nothing wrong with having a guy that can scrap a little bit. But he's got to be able to play. And he's got to be able to play in that style. But it wasn't the players. See, this is my
0: point from Saturday. It wasn't the players that affected that game. It was the style that they didn't seem
2: like they wanted
0: to switch styles and go back into a lockdown game. Well, they then they wanted... won't.
2: They won't win anything when come playoff time if they're not prepared to pay that price and 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 work hard and shut somebody down. Like you have to have that element if you're up by a goal or two. That's... And I don't think they do. <laughs>
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Just chatting about the Leafs and their style and whether or not a style like that, as pleasing as it is to watch, because it is, it's a lot of fun. Whether you're a Leaf fan or not, you would rather have games that are played like that where there are chances and there's stuff going on. You would rather have that. It's than entertaining. The, it's much more entertaining than a lot of the other options, than a lot of the other options.
2: Well, you know I, we you know, the toughness is gone. What I keep going back to is they don't have any. They don't have a lot of players that somebody's scared to play against. They don't have, you know, don't be tough. But it's nothing wrong with having a few guys that are mean. That are going to spear you in the back of the leg, or they're going to give you a shot when you're not looking. I mean, you, teams that to win a Stanley Cup, there's got to be some guys that you're scared to play against, or you don't want to go out against. I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs have one guy in their hockey team that any other team in the NHL is worried about playing against. No, I would agree. I would agree. And I think that's part of the mixture of success, and and I don't believe that their present coach believes in that. And Clearly not. I mean, when he was with Detroit, they were
0: always the last in fights in the league, and I'm not, I don't have a big problem with fighting in hockey, but it seems to be essentially dead so why waste a roster spot on a guy who's just going
2: to fight big mike babcock fans point out that he won two gold medals i point out the fact that you probably could have coached that team when you a lot of coaches are really good when they have all the best players yeah the the good coaches win when they don't have all the best players i i just
0: look at this team and i think to myself you know it's a If you go back and look at all the teams, even if you don't have rooting interest with them, who are all the teams or which ones are all the teams that you look back on in the world of sports and you say, that was a fun team. The 1980s Showtime Lakers, where it was just fast break, no half-court offense, just fast break after Magic Johnson. You got the ball and you just took off down the floor. And it was a full-on sprint and he was doing no-look passes and you go in and you dunk and you run back. And the uh, mid-90s San Francisco 49ers with Steve Young where they just threw the ball all over the place and you couldn't... I mean, defense wins championships is the cliche and I hate cliches but we always... But offense wins eyeballs. May not win the title but the question becomes and I go back to my point, can the Leafs win enough, do enough that they can... Convince other teams to try and build the way they are, or yeah. two years from now, Don, are we going to be seeing the Leafs going? We got to move this around. We got to put all of our stock
2: into stay-at-home, rugged, Dustin Bufflin-like defenders. Well, it'll depend on how, how well they do. Exactly. I mean, they're wide open. So if 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 they get hoofed out in the first round of the playoffs this year, like they did last year and the year before, you've got to sit back and, and go. The year before, <laughs> yeah, you got to sit back and say, you know what, this isn't working we're we're just we don't have that ingredient we everybody knows we're explosive we can score at any time but we won't pay the price to prevent goals from scoring and when it when the playoff light goes on the game changes it you know every square inch you have to fight for and if you're not prepared to fight for it and you're not scared that this guy is going to drop you with his shoulder in a fight for the puck you go in there and you you own them let me change topics
0: just with the little time we have left. I want to ask you this. The TV in the studio right now is playing the Atlanta Braves St. Louis Cardinals game. Baseball's been on for the last week in playoff baseball. Why is it that in playoff baseball, all the stuff that we despise about baseball during the regular season t- games take too long, pitchers take forever to throw the pitch, too many pitching changes, all this stuff, all the stuff that we don't like in regular
2: season baseball? We love in postseason baseball. Do you know why you don't like it during the regular season? Because it's a regular season. I just said everything changes in the playoffs. And you think that the uh, the networks don't love it? Oh, look, I... I look, I, the I, ads and, 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 and the money that they can make on it. But I agree. I mean, you don't want to watch... Uh, Toronto and Texas play a four-hour marathon in the middle of July. But that game, game five, that took three
0: hours and 45 minutes or whatever it was in 2015 with the Bautista home run that took forever, not one person, well, maybe in Texas they did, I don't know, but nobody was complaining about that game.
2: No, but it's because it's the playoffs. It's it's the playoffs. Right, and everything is micro-analyzed. You take a look at it. The guys, boy, geez, look at that guy's glove. I mean... There isn't a knot in the leather that's going to hold the strings together. Everything matters. Everything's magnified. Everything has more purpose. Every, every, there's more intrigue. You know. Um, you learn a lot about the teams that are in the playoffs because you watch their players. You you know, kids will mimic. Yep. What the guy that leads the home runs in the playoffs do with his glove or whatever it is? It's just fascinating
0: that all the stuff that yep. people all year long talk about. We got to get this out of the game. We got to get this out of the game. When the playoffs roll around, it's like, oh, this is
2: so dramatic. One thing that didn't change when I started watching more Raptors as I got jumped on the bandwagon. that was far too big. Is that the reality? Is uh, the last two minutes still takes fifteen to play? Yep, that doesn't
1: change. That doesn't change.
2: Don, thanks for coming in early today. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Scott.
1: The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.
0: The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode and also be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.